0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them.
1: Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the MAC6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. I'm very excited today to have two maids at a mop team. We have both Paul Ebert, who is the president of the franchise. Welcome,
0: sir. Thank you for having me. Looking so, forward to our conversation today.
1: For sure. And where are you calling in from?
0: Birmingham, Alabama.
1: Excellent. And There's, how's the, the weather? How's the weather there? Decent? What is Alabama like it's, this time of year?
0: It's getting chilly. And it's only going to get chillier for Christmas. So we won't get above freezing Friday or Saturday. So yeah, we, Not looking forward to
1: that. Yeah, we feel like it's cold and it's, what, 49?
0: Yeah, we complain if it gets below 60.
1: Right. And it's below 60 and I'm cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so appreciative of you accepting James's invitation for you to come and join us today. And James Frank is an owner of one of the franchises right here in Tempe, Two Maids and a Mop. And you've been doing it for how long? I I know we had a nice conversation via Zoom not too long ago, but remind me how long you've had the franchise. So
2: I started in April of 2021. So it's been about a year and nine, 10 months, right?
1: Okay. Right yeah. So this is a conversation just to get to know you guys and, and the great world of residential cleaning and franchise and and why this particular franchise. Paul, can you take a few minutes to introduce yourself first and tell us a little bit about your backstory? And then, of course, how you landed on two maids and becoming the president there?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So I am a, an accountant by trade. I was a CPA, started like a lot of accountants in public accounting, working the grind of 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And I made it longer than most. I made it about five years at Ernst and Young here in Birmingham. And then I left there. And really, it's a partner in the accounting firm knew that I was interviewing for a job with a really large publicly held company here in Birmingham. And he called me into his office and he told me, Paul, people leave here every single day. That's not a big deal. But your personality does not belong in that large publicly traded company. And so he kind of reset my career trajectory just for that one conversation. And so I really shifted my focus into finding kind of an entrepreneurial-minded organization. Uh, And so I ended up at a healthcare startup. And since then, I've been in kind of entrepreneurial-minded companies. Uh, And for the last five or six years before Two Maids, I had my own consulting company. So I was a CFO for hire for small and emerging businesses that had kind of reached a point in their life cycle to where they needed some additional financial help and higher-level financial thought. And so I did that. And then Two Maids was a client of mine for about a year. And in some conversations with the founder of the business, he mentioned that he wanted to bring on a president to kind of run the day-to-day operations so he could do founder things and be a big dreamer and kind of come up with the new crazy ideas and and know that everything was going to be taken care of. And so I made that leap in June of 2020, right in the middle of COVID, trying to get going and keep going. And demand was, we saw demand starting to pick back up. You know, I said, it's worth a shot. And so here I am today, a little so, two and a half years later.
1: Yeah, when you were getting ready to leave uh, the company, and that guy gave you that feedback, had you already been thinking that that you really had a bigger play in the world, or was this seed planted, and you were like, "Huh, I ought to think about this."
0: I, I knew I wasn't a typical accountant. You can typically tell that by my desk because there's papers thrown everywhere, and I know where everything is. But people are like, "You're not very organized." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, my brain works a little differently uh, than some of you." And so I had it in the back of my mind, but I was also, you know, early in my career and young family. And so I was, you know, like a lot of people uh, looking to make the jump. It was more about comfort and like developing a career path. And then his nudge kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone a little bit to take a to take a bigger look, take a step back and look at the bigger picture and just see where it could lead me in.
1: I love. I, I love that. I love that you shared it. I love you that you were use the word nudge as well. My parent company is called I Nudge LLC, and that's where Business Radio X feeds into it, and then the coaching consulting piece that I do. So good, good choice of uh, of words there. All right. How about you? You fell into this yeah. in a very interesting way as well. Tell us about your backstory professionally, and then also what led you to this particular franchise. Well, it all
2: started in 1972. <laughs> now, I, won't, I won't go back that far.
1: You can. We got uh, time. I was born then. Yeah. So
2: But let's move forward. Oh my really.
1: god! You both are so young.
2: Just <laughs> uh, you turned fifty, but okay. Yeah, I mean, it's all relative, right?
1: It is relative. My birthday um, was yesterday. Oh, happy birthday! Happy 58. birthday! Fifty-eight. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Man.
2: You don't look a day over 49.
1: Well, thank you. I'll take that. So, 72, 1972, yeah. you were born. You landed here. Um, well, briefly, I, I came
2: from upstate New York, went to college in Michigan, and then moved out here in the, in the late 90s. You know, what I've done since then is a lot interesting. The past that I've heard Paul mention, I didn't know, um, and he's about to hear my past that he probably didn't know. Although He probably knows more about me. So, I spent about 20 to 23 years kind of lost count um, in a variety of different, mostly high-tech sales positions, kind of Fortune 500 sales. I worked for SAP. I sold NetSuite, uh, some other uh, software solutions, a little bit of training slash consulting in there towards the end, Uh, some hardware sales earlier in my sales career. You know, and after 20 plus years, you're kind of like, eh, I just, long story short, I got burned out. And unfortunately, or fortunately, because things happen in life, that burnout happened precisely when COVID started. So I got let go from a job that I just wasn't, wasn't that I wasn't performing. I wasn't a good cultural fit. And, and looking back, I could see that. They saw it and, and uh, let me go. And I, looking back, I can see that they were probably right. But, and that's okay, because here I am. Yeah. I did some um, soul searching, was trying to shift career focus to uh, something kind of sales supportive called a customer success manager. And no one was really hiring. COVID was really ramping up. This is, you know, March, April, May of that year. Yeah a friend turned me on to franchising. He was, he was getting involved with a, a senior home care franchise and he got me involved with it. And I, I had several conversations with him. It was a startup franchise franchise actually even my wife and I met the owners, uh, all three of them out for dinner one night and uh, had a nice conversation. But oddly that conversation led me to go, you know what, this is, I came away with thinking I'm not, I'm not comfortable with where they're going. They just were vague. Anyway, uh, moving forward, um, I, but I, but I like the franchise idea. I liked starting my own business. I thought this is a, a valid way to go because I've always wanted to start my own business, but didn't know where to start like a lot of people. I've always had a passion for cars, but there's not a, um, there was nothing there that I was, I had a skill on and I wasn't going to sell cars. Anyway, long story longer, work with a franchise broker who helps you figure out what sure. franchise right for you. And they go through a little process, understand what's important to you and your goals. Uh, so, and then he came back to us a week later and presented four or five different options. I went through a process with each one of them, validation process, we might call it, right, Paul? To understand Correct, yeah. what, what they were all about, met with them. And the last one I met with was two mates. Um, and it, long story short, here I am, that's the direction I decided to go. Yeah. Um, and it went through the process of um, you know, vetting the business model, talking to other business owners that were franchisors and plowed forward and, and uh, uh, acquired a territory here in Tempe.
1: And so talk about your temperature, uh, your territory, if I remember correctly, Ahwatukee, Tempe.
2: Yeah. Cover all Tempe, all of what's known as, of course, yeah. which is really Phoenix, but you know, yeah. South, the South mountain. And then we cover South Phoenix up into what's commonly known around here as the Arcadia area. Yeah. Right. Um, I do some South Scottsdale. Um, I go a little tiny bit outside of a territory, but it's, um, it becomes a scheduling nightmare if you try to cover the, the broad city of Phoenix.
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> drive all over the place. So you got to, I, I do try to keep it relatively tight within my territory.
1: When you were making that decision and kind of vetting between a handful of viable options as a franchisor, right? That's the right word. Franchisee. I'm a franchisee. You're a franchisee. He's a franchisor. He's a franchisor. <laughs> He's a franchisor. Got it. <laughs> yeah. As a franchisee, do you recall, what was, was there one or two things that mainly you thought, gosh, this really is where we're going to land? Mm-hmm.
2: What, yeah. What
1: were those? There things? definitely
2: were. And I have to, of course, bounce it in my mind off the other or opportunities. Some were new, some were high investment. What I liked about this franchise model was first and foremost was it presented a recurring revenue model. And I knew that was going to be a good way to go moving forward. If you were good at what you did and kept customers, that revenue just keeps coming in. You're not having to find a new customer to put insulation in their attic every month. That was a big draw. Also, there wasn't a huge house cleaning is is largely house cleaning to a degree. There's not a huge investment. I don't need to buy a forklift truck or something to, to get through the to, to get started. Mm-hmm. Not a huge amount of inventory. Um, I also felt like it being what it was and having my background, knowing nothing about house cleaning or really any of the other industries that I considered, this was one I figured I can understand. This it's not. There's no engineering involved. I don't have to have a, a machine shop out back that makes cabinetry or something right. that I don't know anything about. I can I can figure out housekeeping. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention a big part of it was 2 Base has a lot of the back-end processes and systems already figured out. I was really relieved to know that marketing was already part of the We talked experience. about that. I remember
1: you saying how appreciative you are of that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because the whole time I'm looking at these different franchises and I'm thinking, you had a great business model. It sounds like it's great, but it's all on me to find every single customer. And I was like, ah. so I'm going out of sales into sales again. I was like, well. Yeah. I'm not sure that's, if you're leaving sales because you were burned out of sales, maybe that's not the best choice for you. Yeah.
1: And Paul, the the marketing piece is baked in to the, the agreement and, and how you guys work with your your team, huh?
0: It is. Uh, yeah. And so we, we say we like to try to make owning your own business easier. And so owning your own business will never be easy, right? Whether you're buying a franchise brand or starting it on your own, uh, we're here to help make that process easier. And so... It's a lot to ask the small business owner to be the CFO and the CMO and the CEO. And so anything that we can kind of take off of a franchise owner's plate in a reasonable manner, we try to do that. Uh, And so we do have years and years worth of customer data. We are very data-driven here, technology-driven at Two Mates. And so I have a saying that if we can't measure it, we can't manage it. Mm -hmm. And so we try to do that. Even behind me, there's a map on the screen that's a live interactive map. So, I can see leads that are coming in from across the country on a minute-by-minute basis. And so, I mean, we just, yeah. And so, we are able to do that. We can do it well. Uh, there are other marketing agencies out there, but none of them have the customer data for two TwoMates customers that we do. And so, uh, we like to put ourselves up against anyone as a digital marketing agency for two ma- TwoMates customers.
1: And James obviously highlighted kind of what drew him to two maids, why residential cleaning? Is there anything that he didn't share? I mean, I'm asking the question slightly different, but why why this as a franchise model?
0: Sure, so residential cleaning, like if a listener or you were to go and type it in, the residential cleaning trends into Google, after our conversation, you will see lots and lots of data centered around increased demand. People are expecting the industry, which today is a $20 to $25 billion industry, to double over the next five years. And so uh, just everything you read has tailwinds coming through it with us. So, and James hit on this, it's a recurring revenue model. So our most popular package is we want to come clean your home every two weeks. So we want to be a part of your home 26 times a year and to continue to build that customer base with those recurring cleans. Obviously we have some one-time cleaning packages that uh, can get people started you're moving out of a house or into a house, we're happy to come clean that house too, but we really want to become a part of your household every two weeks. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's the recurring revenue that I'm after. It's you know, Why else deep... are you in business? Right. Really. <laughs> right. It's, it's quite frankly, it's easier. Um, it's easier to clean someone's house every two weeks than it is to do a deep clean after deep clean after yes. deep clean. It's exhausting for the people that I employ. And sometimes a deep clean can lead to someone setting up recurring service with you. But to his point, to Paul's point, a move in, move out, you'll probably never see that person again. So its mm-hmm. it, it can be a nice little one hit. It's not a focus of the business, at least it isn't from my perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. We would like to see franchise owners be 80% recurring, 20% one-time in terms of revenue. In terms of cleans, that's probably closer to a 90-10. Those one-time cleans are a little more expensive on a, on a per-clean basis. But you know, that's our kind of metric and model we shoot for.
2: Yeah, I can support that what my metrics show, we do have a dashboard that's part of the system that she made supplies yeah. that when you log into it, it, immediately tells you what percentage of your cleans for the given time period are recurring, what are one time, et cetera. And uh, last time I looked last week, it was um, it's somewhere between 80, 90%. So he's spot on.
1: So he's good. higher. And where are other markets that you're starting to branch into? Are you all over the country at this point? And, and what's next for you guys?
0: Yeah, so we're in 103 locations across the country. Wow. And so we have some larger national competitors that we're quickly gaining on. It is really where the franchisee is. And so it's, you know, James lives in Tempe, has worked in Tempe, is engaged with the community. We would prefer that the owner be there. Uh, we do have a semi absentee model, but we still need you to kind of understand your territory, region, town that you're working in and get plugged in there. And so that is a big piece of this for us. Yeah, you know, we're continuing. To grow nationwide, California to New York, Florida to Washington, in between.
1: What sets you guys apart as a company? And then I think yeah. maybe you both might have a slightly different perspective, but what, what's the draw for main specifically from, may, from maybe my perspective as a potential customer?
2: I'll go first, and Paul, you can fill in the blanks <laughs> that I'm forgetting. Perfect, yeah. So the big house cleaning um, I've learned in my past year and nine months, whatever is. It's very competitive. There's a ton of house cleaning companies out there from professional ones like us to, you know, Molly and her sister, Hannah, who just decided, hey, we're pretty good at cleaning. Let's do this out of our garage. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of uh, competition there. On the more professional end where we reside, biggest differentiator that we tell our customers is our is a system that I'm unaware of to this day that anybody else has in this industry, which is called what we call it. I think we've actually trademarked it. But it's called pay for performance um, and this is a system that is, has to do with compensation for our employees, but also yeah, there's a benefit to the, to the customer as well. So what that means is 24 hours after every cleaning that we do, we have this automated system. Again, one of the systems that is supplied by uh, two maids that sends out a text to the customer asking them to rate the quality of their cleaning one through 10.
1: I'm thinking like Uber, right? Uber does that Uber, kind of a Lyft. thing. Yeah. yeah.
2: Rate your driver. It's really important. Yes. If you don't want a driver that gets a three, it must be a jerk. Right. <laughs> um, so, it allows you to, uh, so that customer can then rate you and put any notes in as well. So, it gives, first of all, it gives the customer a first line uh, of feedback to you without having to pick up the phone and call you and have maybe, you know, if they're unhappy, it could be a tense conversation. At the same time, people are busy. They don't necessarily want to do more than pick up a phone and say, hey, you did a great job. A text it to an email, whatever will we'll do the job. So, but the important thing too is that it, it, it relates to what the house cleaners get paid. So, if they get tens on everything, they get, they make a, a percentage of the job. So they so make a smart. higher percentage. Yeah. So if they get, if that knocks down below a 10 on an average on a pay, uh, weekly pay ba- or bi weekly pay basis, it affects their pay as yeah. a team, right? So there's various aspects that can influence that those two house cleaners, right? If one's not picking up the pace, the other one is going to let the other person know. So it kind of forces a high quality cleaning. The customer's happy that, and, the, and the employee gets paid well.
1: How long has that been part of the program, Paul? That's phenomenal.
0: Yeah, it has uh, been a part of our ethos for a very long time. It is not new to us. We've had it in place, you know, long since before I was here. I've been here a little over three years, and it was in place well before then. So and you find from is.
1: your perspective as president that it works. It, it's it's um, obviously helping people to do a better job and holding them accountable to it, and they're incentivized.
0: Absolutely. And it also does a couple of other things from a managerial perspective. So... The professional house cleaners that James and our other franchisees employ become the face of our business once they leave the office in the morning. Uh, So it drives them to be efficient. It drives them to to do the very best job they can for the consumer. And then at the end of the day, when they're done with all of the houses on their schedule, they know how much money they've been able to make that day. They don't have to come back to the office and hang out until 5 o'clock. They are free to clock out and go home to go spend some time with their family. And so it allows them some flexibility uh, to come to work for us, but then also have some work-life balance as well. Um, so it's a, it's a really interesting uh, concept on both sides of giving the consumer instant feedback, uh, allowing the professional house cleaner to take some ownership of their schedule on a day-to-day basis, and then allowing the franchisee to know that everything is aligned for what they want to happen inside of their business on a daily basis.
1: I like the fact that you both have used the term professional house cleaner or housekeeper as well. Can you speak to the the choice of the wording for that? Because as you pointed out, anybody could start a housekeeping business. I'm good at housekeeping. I'm going to start doing this. I know a few friends, that kind of thing. But you both have made a point to say professional. Is there training involved for your teams then? And and what, what's yeah, around that?
2: There's definitely training. I was trained by the franchisor on how to clean and how to handle uh, customer interactions. Although I'd like to think maybe, you know, 20 plus years in sales, I kind of had that figured out, but that doesn't mean the people I hire do, right? Um, so there's definitely a training methodology. Two Mates has a very uh, simple but specific system that I take all my new employees through. It's a five-day training period where mostly you're on-site training at, at customers' houses. We've got videos and some testing that we can do, but largely you're in-house uh, showing how we clean. It's, it, as I tell new employees, it's not so much about the cleaning itself as much as the process of how, where do we start? What do we do next? What do we do after that? So that nothing gets missed. Mm. That, that's the key. So that you present and, and provide a consistent cleaning experience every no time. Surprises. Right. It's, um, you may not like the comparison, Paul, but to McDonald's or Subway, uh, you may not like their burgers, but no matter where you go, you know what that burger is going to taste like. I want the same thing I- with my franchise here. I, I tell people, my employees this, that, We need to provide a consistent experience. So for some reason, I need to send a different team to a customer who's used to one team, they should get the same cleaning. It's consistent.
1: Paul, that's
0: uh, absolutely right. And so we do take a train-the-trainer approach from franchise or level. You know, we do have, there's some legalities to, uh, you know, those are James's employees. I do not hire fire cleaners in Tempe, Arizona. That's all up to James, but we do, Have a systematic approach to the way we enter a room, we exit a room, you know, which rag goes on which surface. And so uh, it's really funny if you asked my wife if I should be running a a professional (laughs) house cleaning service across the country, she would tell you absolutely not, right? Because I clean very efficiency, very inefficient, and I don't do it well, right? I go to the center of the room, I'm like, oh, that looks dirty. And so I run over to that corner and I tidy it up and fix it. And then I come back to the center of the room to try to, that's not a way to go through a home and clean it. Uh, I am getting better over my two years at two maids. I have gone out into the field and cleaned a house. I have been trained on the system, uh, but it hasn't completely sunk in yet. So we do want to deliver that consistent product, right? right? And that's in any of the 103 locations we have across the country. So James should be able to walk into another franchise office and know exactly how those employees, those associates are going to go clean the home.
1: And how great is that, right? When we're looking forward to having referrals. If you have you guys have done a great job in my home and wherever I'm referring, whether it's right here locally, Tempe, or if it is in a different state, I'd say be looking for two maids because I know that you're going to get the consistent service and the same value that I've been getting. I, that's got to make a big difference for you. Absolutely. Pa- Paul, what else around uh, differentiating you and what makes you guys unique? We talked a little bit about obviously the compensation on behalf of the team. Is there something else that we're missing that you'd want to speak to?
0: Yeah, we uh, really try to leverage technology. And So if you were to go to our website today, whether it's in Tempe or in New York, you can put in kind of the demographic information of your house. I've got, if you're the standard American, I've got three bedrooms, two bathrooms, two and a half kids, two pets. You can put all of that information onto our website and get onto our schedule uh, within a couple of minutes. And so a lot of the competition out there will take you through that funnel to gather your information, but then they want you to pick up the phone and call the office or they want someone from their office to call you back before they give pricing, before they will schedule a clean. And we believe that we should make it as efficient of a process as possible for the consumer. And so uh, you can do that in about 60 seconds. Uh, Get on our schedule. James can be there to clean your home next week. And, uh, you know, he will call you beforehand just to check in, make sure we can get in the home, things of that nature. Uh, But that that is really a big deal to us. And so as we kind of look to move forward, like we want to continue to build on that. And so as we are kind of leading the way from a national perspective, we want to continue to get better. And so we don't want anybody to be able to catch us. And so if you look at our strategic plans, moving forward, technology, people are two of the things that we're really focused on.
2: Yeah, that was a big selling point for me. I would say when I was considering this franchise and not all franchises have this level of uh, especially for as relatively as small as Two Maids is nationally as a franchise brand, they've got good technology in the background. Some of they develop, some of it they've hired out as you should do and find uh, like the system that sends out requests for r- reviews from customers. That's a third party. We have a social media tie-in solution. We have a really good scheduling system that helps you schedule because that, that could be one of the bigger nightmares from a technology standpoint when you're, I think a lot of people might not think of when they started their own cleaning company is, how do I get this on the schedule? What if it gets busy? How do I manage it? How do I move it around? You're going to even use Outlook calendar for
1: everything. It doesn't work for that. Right.
2: Uh, so this gives us that flexibility and ease of scheduling. And it also you know, allows us to put something on the schedule really easily, whether I do it or the customer does it on, uh, online for that, Biweekly weekly cleaning. I have customers that are always asking me, like, when's my next cleaning? Well, it's, it's every two weeks. It's it's already on the schedule. They think they have to call me and schedule it again.
1: Like, oh, huh? yay.
2: They're like, oh, really? It's already there? Yeah. And I let them know two days beforehand. I send them a text reminding them there. That's a logistical thing. But um, but that plays into the part of what we try to do to be a little better than mm-hmm. some of the other cleaning companies would come up against is is the follow-up that we provide. I always talk to all my customers the first time we've ever worked with them. Sometimes we go on site and talk to them. But there's follow-up afterwards, not only with the um, request for a review, um, but I'll often call my customers and find out what their feedback was if I didn't get any. Um, and then, of course, the cut that you've got your employees on site, they're all wearing a uniform, not too unlike what I'm wearing, just a, uh, a pinkish color, no surprise. Um, and they, I train them to present themselves professionally, make sure that they set customer expectations correctly because it's very easy for a customer to, schedule a cleaning one day, and the cleaning itself is a week or two weeks away. In between that time, they don't remember what they scheduled, they just scheduled a house cleaning. So we show up and do what we're supposed to do. And they go, oh, you didn't get all the baseboards and and all the blinds? Well, that wasn't part of the package. But if we review those expectations up front, we don't have that problem. Yep. The expectations are, are set and they understand. And then you have happier customers and they wanted you
1: to come back. Fantastic. I think we've talked a little bit about this, but for our listeners who may be considering a franchise versus opening their own business, I'd love to hear from both of you why the franchise model versus, again, just starting your own business. You both came from, you know, wildly different backgrounds, but at the same time, a lot of expertise and a lot of experience. And here you landed with two maids. So tell us about your your thoughts and opinions around franchise versus just jumping in and, and uh, you know, doing your own thing.
2: So I'll go
0: first.
2: <laughs> yeah, so the the You could do either one, right? So the choice between I could start my own cleaning company or any business, or Mm -hmm. I could do a franchise model. I think it really personally has, it comes down to what kind of person you are. If you're the kind of person that has to do everything your way, it's your way or the highway. Yes. You've got an idea and no (laughs) one's going to stop you. Franchise model may not be for you. (laughs) If you want some, if you want a model that is, you're looking at starting a business, but you're not quite sure what that should be. And you're thinking, I do want to do this, but I'm not sure. And you've never run a business before. You know, boy, I wish I had something that was already baked in. I knew the plan would work. Everybody else can tell me it worked. That's a franchise. You've got a business model that has already been proven to work. You just need to follow Mm it. Not only that, the franchisor is there to continue to support you. I don't think to a coaching level, to be honest. But uh, at the same time, if I need anything, my rep, Anna, is there a phone call or a text away. And she's very responsive. Go, Anna.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yay. Shout out to Anna. (laughs) So, uh, yeah,
2: so if you if you want that that business model that is already ready to go for you, that's where franchising comes in and um, fills that 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 need for me because I really didn't know if I wanted to start a cleaning business. I don't I don't know where to start and uh, what to do. And they've got it all figured out. Now I can just focus on the main things that continue to drive the business forward, which are leads, working with customers, mm-hmm. keeping employees happy. Very very important has been in the past couple of years. So they don't leave you, quite frankly. And third is recruiting new employees as the business grows.
1: Yeah. And you had said for you personally, as you were trying to decide which one to go to, the tech was important. You appreciate that they have the, the, a lot of things that were automated and set up in addition to the marketing piece.
2: Yeah. That, that I wonder now that you say that out loud, if how much of that might have been some of my technology background that I value. I that wondered, yeah. I've sold software for multiple different companies for years and I can see the value that software can bring to an organization. So when I saw what they had, I was like, well, this is good. Not it just, just makes sense. Excel spreadsheets <laughs> yeah. all day long. That's good.
1: <laughs> right. Paul, from your perspective, why a franchise versus owning, owning your own business? What have you seen with Two Mates?
0: Yeah. So I touched on it a little bit e- earlier, right? So owning your own business is not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is hard work, uh, but it's very rewarding work. Uh, and so taking on a franchise model or coming into a franchise model uh, should make that easier, right? We have a robust uh, operations manual, a robust Best practices guide. We kind of walk you through the training. Uh, We have run into the proverbial wall 103 times now. Uh, And so we have figured out ways to hopefully avoid that wall altogether. But if we still run into it, how do we get over it or around it or through it? Mm -hmm. So that is really our role, right? Is to continue to push, innovate, technology, marketing, doing those things, but then also trying to just make James's life as a two mates owner that much easier or more efficient. Uh, We're not. Perfect at it. We're learning. Uh, I tell people this all the time. That at 103 locations, we're big enough to know that what we're doing works, but we're not so big that we think we have all the answers. And so we're always looking for suggestions on a way that we can get better on a day-to-day basis. And I've got about 30 associates here in Birmingham, and we've got some remote associates that, you know, we talk about this a lot. And it's franchisees first, and so the success of our franchisees then begets our success. Right. It can't be the other way around. And so to have a longstanding franchise model, your franchisees have to be successful and profitable. And then you as the franchisor can do the same.
2: Yeah, the franchisor does listen. We have a monthly meeting, a forum meeting where they discuss new information, what's new on the franchisor end, and then open it up to questions. It's usually mostly, it's probably about a half hour questions or a half hour, uh, whatever you want to cover. And then they open it up for questions for, for all the franchisees that are on the call. There's also. What are they called, Paul? The FAC, what does that stand for again?
0: Yeah, it's a Franchise Advisory Council. And so mm. it is you know, nine franchise owners uh, kind of segmented out by geography that are, you can almost think of them as like the Senator, House of Representatives in the two-maids world, that they have yeah. their constituents, that they're other franchise owners in their, ter- in their regional areas that they, they come speak to us. Everybody help lifting everybody
1: up, right? Helping every, ch- every and that's yeah. from a business yeah. owner perspective. When you're doing your own business, uh, you sometimes feel like you're working in a silo. <laughs> you're the only person doing it and have questions and may not h- know who to ask. But this is this is a group of people, again, who've gone before you and are willing to share the best yeah. trade secrets and the things that are working for yeah, them. Yeah,
2: regardless of the FAC, that's a good point of why you'd consider a franchise too, is if you're going it alone, you are going it alone. Yes. Whereas if you join a franchise, you've brought, in our case, 100 102 other franchisees that can that can help you. That probably, let's just guess, maybe 70, 80 of them are older than your organization. So you can reach out to them and get good advice from them. So you've already got a built-in network of people that are helpful. And I haven't found anyone who wasn't helpful.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, that's absolutely the case. And so we are competitive, right? Like people want to be number one. They want to be the biggest store. They want to grow the fastest. But we do have protected territories. And so that competition can't encroach. James has a neighbor. That neighbor can't encroach onto James's territory and do that. So there's this helpful, this kind of networking, like, the rising tide rises all ships, right? And so that is very much alive uh, kind of in the Two Maids network. And we do have a number of owners that are above willing and able to come help, answer questions, ask questions. I've got franchisees that will travel to locations uh, to see what's happening kind of in person and then make suggestions. And so it is really a, a remarkable thing to watch.
1: And I think I remember when we got had a chance to connect uh, ahead of time, there's some another franchise in Gilbert. Right. Am I
2: right? Yes. Good. Yeah, they've been around quite a bit longer than me. And actually, I spent an entire day with them before deciding oh, on this great. franchise that I thought that would be pivotal to making my decision. That would, it wasn't something they told me to do. I, I just went and Reached did it. out
1: and said, hey, let me hey, Can I this. spend a day
2: with you? Because right. I live in Chandler and Gilbert's, of course, right next door. And that was really helpful to understand the ins and outs of how the business runs, especially one that was quite a bit larger than I am even now. And they're even larger now. And they're uh, the fastest... I don't know the right term to use perhaps here, Paul, but probably the largest, fastest growing, highest revenue franchise in the entire mm. nation.
1: Well, you know, shout right out to Gilbert. To That's great. Yeah. 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 And that they were willing, well, again, again, just same. modeling the opportunity that, that y'all okay. come together and want to succeed together and grow together. Yeah. Absolutely. What are some of the big, biggest challenges from you, from your yeah. perspective? Because you're what, how long in? A year and a half? you year in
2: nine months or so. Yeah. yeah almost. Biggest uh, challenge? Um <laughs> Yeah, this one's actually relatively easy. There's lots of challenges. (laughs) Yeah, yes. And I am that guy that's in a silo. There's no one in the office with me. I don't have an assistant manager or anything. It's just me. That said, um, coming from the background of being in relatively professional Fortune 500 type, probably wear a suit to the office half the time kind of career, Managing people was quite the shock to me.
1: <laughs> I remember us talking about that. <laughs> um,
2: especially when, you know, when I put it in my own perspective of having sold physical equipment and software. When you sell those kinds of items, they don't decide to not show up for work one day. So maybe that's a crude way to put it. Um, but it, it's just really hard. It's a hard. real challenge. It's really hard to find the right people that, that are there every mm-hmm. day and that you can keep properly motivated. And it's not always, I don't want to make it always sound, it's, it's some problem with the employees that I hire, a lot of them are going through tough times in their life. Yep. You know, you've got, I'd say there's two different demographics that I run into, which is you get people right out of high school, maybe out of some associate degree or something. Mm-hmm. And they're looking to kind of get their life started. And this can be a good role. It can, it can be a good part-time role, especially. Um, and you've got people, in my experience, once again, being in their, I'd say, 40s or 50s in that, in that range mm-hmm. that um, maybe have been through a tough time in their life. Maybe they're a single mom. They went through a terrible divorce. Um. It could be any number of other things. It could be getting out of, quite honestly, the prison system in some way. So we're, boy, the list could go on and on. And this may be their, their first job out of that or second, and, you're, and they're, they're just trying to help themselves move forward in their lives. So um, you can help people in that regard. But managing people day to day, yeah, it is really difficult. One thing I've learned is either have a lot of part-time people because this can be a physical job for one thing. It can be, well, it is a physical job. It can be an exhausting job is what I should say. So to expect someone to work eight hours a day at a, at a very physical job, 40 hours mm-hmm. uh, a week, Paul may disagree with me here, but is almost unrealistic. Uh, it, it, it's very hard. So part-time may be uh, one of the answers there. Mm-hmm. The other thing from my perspective is to enable the business continue to move forward and not to con- constantly be compromising the business schedule of doing people's cleanings and c- canceling them or moving them around. You just have to overstaff a little bit. If I need six people, because we work in teams of two, and I, I need, that means I have, and I have three teams, so six people, right? Then I really need eight people because any given day, someone may be out. Maybe they, there was a horrible issue with their grandmother and they had to go to the hospital. I'm not going to say, no, get to work. I'm going to be like, I just got to be prepared that right. things are going to come up. They get a car accident. Uh, everybody gets sick once in a while. It, yep. it happens. So you just have to prepare for that. And I guess I was woefully unprepared I when I first got started.
1: I feel like, I, I know Paul wouldn't know this because we've just, we're meeting for the first time, but I feel like James, you and I spoke about it. I ran a Primrose Preschool uh, before I, am, I opened I Business Radio X and I wasn't the franchisee, right? I was just the executive director and I knew people and I knew hires and I knew how to build community and I knew families and new kids as a, a previous educator. And I had shared with James, there was a big difference between certified teachers and this demographic that you talked about, some of these, particularly women often, right, who are Mostly. just starting out and maybe college or young moms or folks who are more at my age getting ready to retire to do something different or are mm-hmm. done being home and now want an income. And that's very different than I found the professional. And everybody wants to be validated. But when we can figure that out, everybody wants to feel cared for and loved on and appreciated. And I think once I could figure that piece out, then we had people stay with us at the school that I ran uh, a lot longer than industry standards. Paul, I'd love to hear your opinion about what's, what, some of what James shared, but also what are the challenges that you see from your perspective?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, absolutely. In our industry, people are the biggest catalyst. Uh, and so whether that is the consumer, but more importantly, on my, in my mind, is the professional house cleaner. And that's been true. This industry started, there's been franchise brands around for 40 years at this point. It was true 40 years ago. It will continue to be true 40 years from now. Uh, And so really, how do we differentiate ourselves as a brand, as two maids? You know, I would argue that I cannot or James cannot clean your house to a level past clean, right? Just like our competitors. So we either meet the expectation of the homeowner or we don't. And so our real key to being able to differentiate ourselves is to become the preeminent place to work in the residential cleaning space. And so we have some programming that we've already created. We have a dream manager program that we have, you know, a third party that will come alongside professional house cleaners. And uh, we use the word dream manager and it sounds kind of fluffy, uh, but it really is. I mean, he really is kind of a life coach, right? And so we talk about their dreams, but those dreams are really goals. And so uh, how do we empower uh, people to be able to meet those goals, right? Absolutely. To take uh, a family vacation to Disney World or Disneyland and, mm-hmm. you know, to to and to better themselves and to further their education. And so we are really trying to build on that foundation as we kind of move forward. Um, yeah, I really uh, wish or maybe we can uh, six or eight weeks from now kind of have a follow up call because we're in the process of a brand refresh. Our logo is changing, but beyond love that. the logo, beyond the logo, we have some messaging and things that we're really working hard on at home office that we are going to present to our franchise network in early January at our owner's conference. We have 64 people from around our network that'll join us in Orlando uh, and get to share some of this stuff and, and the exciting things that we're working on. And so uh, I'm a firm believer, just my life story, which I can get into later as well if we need to, but yeah, nobody... If you think back to kindergarten, right? And the teacher is like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Nobody in the class raised their hand and said, I want to clean houses." Right, Like they all had other things. And so our labor force gets to us with a story and we don't know what that story is and it is different, but that doesn't mean they shouldn't have a safe, comfortable work environment to come into that we can't continue to empower their dreams. My ultimate vision is to create sort of a 2 made university to come and work for two location for two years, we will guarantee you'll be in a better spot in your career than when you started with us. And so we have a long way to go to get there. Uh, and we dream big around here. But those are things that we want to try to tackle and accomplish.
1: And who wouldn't want to be a part of that? There, I think there's very few people who wouldn't want a, a whole organization lifting them up, propping them up, and having them go home at the end of each night feeling better about themselves.
2: Honestly, at the very minimum, it allows you to show that you care about your employees, and you're trying to do something to make them better yeah. as humans and in their situation. I got to be honest, not, not all of them want to take on that. Of Some course, of but that's not paycheck. up to you
1: guys. No,
2: no, you're, you're sure. there helping and offering. Some of it is stuff that I can do on a daily basis. It's just literally, it could be simple as caring. It could be simple as an employee comes in and had a rough night. Their son was in the hospital and you listen to him and they cry in front of you.
1: They're worried about getting fired. They're worried I've screwed up. or I've screwed up again. He's not going to understand. I'm embarrassed. I feel ashamed. And, and what a great way to just hold space for them when when all those concerns are popping off for them.
2: Yes. I mean, it's a, it's a give and take, right? That person is, is uh, that having that upset feeling in front of you yet they miss four days a week, every week. It's, it's hard to be, it's like, well, there's a, there's a give and a take here, here, but, um, uh, that said, it's, you know, with the employees you're trying to obviously console and, and, and uh, that you appreciate the hard work they do for you. Mm-hmm. There's no one else they're going to tell, really. In some cases, some, some of the, the ladies that I hire, are they, they may have a, uh, a son or a daughter or a couple kids and they are not married and they live alone. So who else are they going to tell? Mm-hmm. So sometimes that's yeah. what happens.
0: <laughs> it, is a, it is a very delicate balance between empathy yeah. and accountability. Yeah. And you have to have both. Uh, yeah. Yes. we. I have a saying written on my whiteboard back here that empathy without accountability uh, breeds entitlement. Uh, and so you can't run a business with entitlement, but you also can't be just uh, holding people 1,000% accountable every single minute of every single day. There is an empathetic piece to what we do and the people that come to work for our t- our, our locations across the country that we need to be aware of. We need to be able to meet uh, at an appropriate level, and you know, continue to drive um, some empowerment to them as well. I'm going to steal that phrase from. that's a good one because I, it's I've fallen
2: into that trap. Uh, ultimately, and I've had employees tell me this. They go, "James, you're too nice a guy. You're, you're letting people get away with things." I'm like, "Shit, right." <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what that means is I've gotten larger and smarter, mostly smarter. Um, I have put systems in place to and and policies in place as much as you, you kind of have to to you say, these are the. I'm compassionate, but these are also the rules we have to follow. Well, and right. I, these are the I, expectations, I to, expectations. right? Expectations is yeah. a better word for it. So that we're all doing the same thing, and you don't fall. In, it, it would be easy as an as an owner, just me, to fall into a, a scenario where I'm I'm somehow showing some sort of preference to an employee. Where if I treat everyone by the same standard, and everyone knows they're getting treated the, treated fairly. Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you're growing, Paul. Tell us um, how somebody who might be interested in having a conversation with Two Maids and a MOP? How do they get started with you? What's the best place to to come and poke around and see if it's good for them?
0: Yeah, so we have a website, twomaidsfranchise.com, that they can go get a bunch of information. It'll have uh, kind of an information collector uh, there. Uh, We do also work with franchise brokers a lot. Mm -hmm. And so James worked with one. A lot of our candidates work with one uh, as they come to us. And so that's also a great place to start. I'm not in the business of recommending franchise brokers because I love them all the same <laughs> uh, because they mean the same to our business. But, uh, you know, they are out there and, and readily available. Uh, but really the website, uh, you know, my email address is paul.ebert at gohfc.com. Uh, so I know that it doesn't have two maids anywhere in there. <laughs> I listening the uh, but, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> for that. Yeah. Another story. Two maids, uh, <laughs> we were acquired a little over a year ago by... Uh, one of the largest franchise uh, networks in the in North America huh. called Home Franchise Concepts. We have, now have nine brands under the umbrella. And so if there's not a two maids available inside of your territory, we probably have another brand uh, that could be a fit for you as well. All centered around home services or performing services at your home. And so uh, really uh, a unique uh, kind of opportunity to kind of get a nine for one conversation started. Uh, in the beginning. Obviously, we want you to end up in a Two Maids. That's where my passion lies. But we also want what's best for franchise owners.
1: And is there anybody that Two Maids is not for?
0: Good question. We've talked a little bit about this, right? We are in the people business that just happen to clean homes. And so, if people aren't your thing and you just want to be technology and moving product Mm -hmm. around and putting an envelope and, and shipping it off, then we are not the business for you. You are going to have to uh, kind of pun intended, get your hands dirty in this business mm-hmm. a little bit, be able to understand it, uh, be able, willing. I do not necessarily want James out cleaning houses on a daily James basis. James doesn't want to be out yes, cleaning
1: houses either.
0: He does not. <laughs> Done my share. Uh, but, yes, and we already know absolutely. we
1: don't want Paul doing it. He already copped to no. that. He, I'm not doing that.
0: Af- absolutely. <laughs> uh, and so, but we spent a lot of time just there, right? People are our business. And so, it's also homeowners, right, being able to uh, kind of deal with mistakes as we make them, like make sure that people uh, were responding appropriately. But really the most important piece of this business are, are the professional house cleaners uh, and making sure you're appropriately staffed, that you, know, you are able to, uh, to kind of lean into them, uh, provide that empathetic ear, and also uh, uh, making sure they meet expectations. Mm-hmm. So if you're not willing to do that, then you know, this is probably not the brand for you. Uh, but you can build a really nice business with us. And so we have owners that have been in our network and have built a really nice business and now work five or 10 hours a week. And they have hired a manager that runs the business for them and on their behalf. Yeah. Our ability and leverage of That's technology. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It allows them to see what's happening in their business from afar uh, and not necessarily have to be in the weeds on a day-to-day basis. But it has to be built. Uh, we can't, as the franchise or build it for you, but we can uh, help support you as you do that. And
2: I would say that anyone that might be listening to this that wants to, doesn't want to reach out to the corporate entity, I would be more than happy to take a call or uh, take someone out for a cup of coffee and talk about what Two Maids is all about. That's great. Um, i give you the full story, and, and you just decide for yourself if it makes any sense. Yeah. But I'm not, as many years as I spent in sales, I, I'm not, I, I don't know if Paul could support this, but I'm not an overly persuasive guy. I'm not trying to convince you of anything.
1: Yeah, here's my story. Here's right. what I found works. Here, here's what why right. I chose this over these other options. Right. It's either a fit or not. In
2: fact, that kind of dovetails into how the customers that we're a fit for, this is kind of getting off the point. No, I love but, it. Go for it. Is um, we're not a fit for every customer out there. We're, we're much more on the professional end. We're, we're, I'll just say it. We're not cheap. We're not super expensive. But yep. if someone's looking for a deal, we're not it. And there are customers that, you know, by the interaction with them, with them, that they're just not a fit. They're constantly asking you for discounts or complaining about strange things that don't make any sense or that you can do nothing about. Sometimes you have to just cut ties. So my point is we, we have a customer fit in who we clean for, just like two maids has a, a fit for who they're looking for for franchisees. That's
1: what makes it work. <laughs> Get really clear about who you're serving, right?
2: Right. There is, there is somewhat of a niche to what yeah. we do.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's
2: still house cleaning. We'll clean your house. But eventually you find that sometimes there's just a, a core values mismatch between how that customer acts and how you run your business.
1: Absolutely. And either they're going to let
2: you go or you're going to say, I'm sorry, we can't clean for yeah. you
1: anymore. Yeah. Good. For are you growing your team? You're looking at bringing on more house professional house cleaners.
2: Yeah, yeah, I am definitely growing. Um, I'm actually in an awkward point right now because I've got five people and we we um clean in teams of two. So, you do the simple math, uh-huh. I'm short a person. And according to what I said earlier, I'm short technically about at least two, probably three people. Yes, and I'm, I'm trying to get to grow to that fourth team, which is a, a for me a big milestone in the. Growth of the business and its profitability. Quite frankly,
1: so how can we? Where do you currently promote or put the idea out that you're that you're hiring?
2: So I have ads right now on uh, uh, Indeed, of course. Yeah. Who doesn't use Indeed to hire? But there's also ZipRecruiter and Snag a Job.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we can help send people your way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That'd be awesome. Thank yeah. you.
1: And for our folks who are listening and are thinking, I'm in the Arcadia area, Awatuki or Tempe, mm-hmm. and I want my house cleaned. How do they get a hold of you?
2: You could call directly. I call comes right to my cell phone. Uh, I'm the only one that answers okay. it. It's 480-405-6596. Or if you don't want to talk to me, and that's fine, uh, you can go to uh, uh, Twomaidstempe.com, And just like Paul mentioned earlier, you can get a quote. You don't have to talk to anybody you can um, read up on what our different cleanings are all about, et cetera.
1: Yeah, I love it. It's been such a pleasure to get to know both of you. And of course, the Two Maids Company. Is there anything that I hadn't thought to ask that you want to make sure our listeners are aware of, both from the business perspective, because we're B2B business radio, and but also even the residential cleaning side of things and and franchise for that matter. Paul, anything that else that you kind of came hoping that we'd uh, have a conversation about today?
0: You know you uh, you kind of hit kind of the high points for us, right? Our biggest hurdle most of the time is people wrapping their mind around residential cleaning, right? It's not necessarily fun to talk about it at the business par- or at a dinner party uh, with amongst your friends, but you can build a really nice business in our industry. You can impact a lot of lives. Uh, we have people that employ 40, 50, 60 professional house cleaners mm. across our network. And so we really view it's a unique opportunity for us here in Birmingham to be able, the 30 of us that are here, to be able to have an impact on 2,000 lives that are going out and cleaning houses every single day, the Two Mates franchise network, and our owners and the managers. And so uh, it is uh, a really an easy way to put a positive impact on people's lives, especially the ones that are uh, willing to take it and and uphold their expectations. And so that's what's really fun for us. Um, Yeah, again, we're a people business. We just happen to clean homes.
1: I love it. Thank you for wrapping it up in that perspective. Anything, James, from your perspective that you want to end on?
0: Uh, I think we've covered
2: everything that I kind of envisioned we might discuss and yeah. some other things. Um, I'd say I, maybe the last thing I'm thinking anyway of saying is house cleaning. I, I found is I've kind of mentioned this earlier is somewhat stratified between a professional end and, and a, a more cost effective end. And we're definitely on that, on that upper end. So, if anyone is looking into house cleaning as uh, I want someone that's doing it the same every time, I want good communication with the people that I'm talking to. I respond to text almost immediately mm-hmm. for my customers and I want the experience to be seamless in the sense that I know they're going to be there. They're always on time. They confirm their appointments and it's just a good uh, balance of communication with this with company. There's a lot of companies out there just show up sometime during the day or just don't show up and don't reschedule with you. It's a little bit it's loose to say the least. We're much more structured, so if that's valued by someone who's looking to have their house clean, that's what that's part of what we're all about.
1: Mm-hmm. So good, or at least me. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. I I love it. I and Paul, I would love to take you up on that um, request that we get to have another conversation when the rebrand is done and um, your dream. What was the dream person called? Dream manager. Yeah, dream manager. Dream Maybe manager. bring a dream manager on board. That's that's all my language. Speaking the whole, you know, uh, uh, life coach and and professional coach to help motivate, inspire people to take some investment into themselves and become a better version of themselves. So love that. We'd love to have you back. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from MAC6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean business. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening.